0: Welcome back to the last prepper standing podcast. Today I have a special guest with me. We kind of had to reschedule but I wanted to get you on in January. I got prepared mentality with me. How's it going brother?
1: How you doing bro? Everything is great. You know we're we're definitely preparing ourselves. We're doing a lot. Everything's in motion this year. So uh, we're just standing by.
0: Isn't that wild? Everything is in motion this year in <laughs> the month and we're only in January and the month's not even over yet. I don't know if you've seen all the memes about, you know, hey, it's only going to get worse and it's, we're in January.
1: Right, yeah. I mean, this is stuff that we expect, right? As, as people of preparedness, people that look at the news and look at these emergencies and disasters, you know, we're, we're constantly being bombarded by this stuff. So none of our uh, situational awareness really changes. You know, we're just kind of going with the flow and ready for anything and everything that comes our way.
0: I agree, but man, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I've had to, I've been kind of really honest with people lately is, I mean, I'm sure you're familiar with, or maybe you're not, but the, the, the term October surprise, right? Right. I I was kind of like, kind of thinking that, man, I got a little bit more time. They're going to really start getting crazy till October, maybe September because it's an election year. I might have a little bit more time and really just it does not feel like I got any time. It just it's just really going full bore into January from from all the stuff we've seen from planes to to uh, the border crisis, which we're going to get in today. But I mean, it just seems really wonky right now to me. And I'm just like, am I ready? I've been doing a lot of like kind of self self like talk? Am I really ready for this? Do I actually have it all dialed in?
1: Yeah, man. I mean, one thing I've learned in my professional career, you know, being a firefighter, being a federal law enforcement officer, now being in emergency management uh, as a manager, uh, you know, we are never going to be ready and it's never going to be perfect. So we try to gain as much information, as much communication and as many skills as possible so that, when the time does come and we feel that, okay, this is the moment where something's going to go down, you know, we are prepared for it and we can pull out of the toolbox what we need, but we know we're not going to be a hundred percent ready. Um, so, you know, cause I, I always was always trying to be a perfectionist, uh, especially in, in my, in my field of work. Um, but I had to gain the, uh, the understanding that, You know, everything's not going to be 100%, but if I can do my best and get ready, so I don't, you know, have to worry about most things uh, when emergencies or disasters um, or things that happen that are unexpected uh, come our way, you know, that's the main thing. And I think most people out there right now feel like they have to you know, overcompensate and hurry up and, and try to get everything done and, and buy what they need. But, you know, the, the main source is, is our own uh, reliability on ourselves and, and, and our mindset about it. Um, because a- as you know, already, you know, we, we can have all the all the things and all the tools, but, you know, we really have to rely on our uh, motivational and awareness of self. Um, and, and that that's most important, you know, especially when we're talking about dealing with Multiple people dealing with our family, uh, dealing with emergencies and, and how stressful those situations can be. You know, we're not going to be 100 percent, but we can at least try to strive to to be there uh, and ready. Absolutely. Yeah, That's
0: I've been really working on um, being like positive and regardless of what's going on, because we, we uh, some of the stuff for us at, at home, like our money situation kind of changed. Uh, pretty rapidly just with this decline in the economy right so just having a a a positive attitude about it versus letting it create turmoil has uh really helped us and that early on i've been married for 20 plus years now but early on in our marriage i mean we would let um you know little financial hiccups uh really be a sticking point for us and, and cause a lot of extra turmoil this time around both of our mentalities, because we've really grown and, and gotten better, and being prepared has helped as well. You're not having that type of extra drama added to it. So that that mental fortitude and being ready for it and being ready to adapt is is very underrated and very uh, much not given the credit it deserves in the preparedness community.
1: For sure, for sure. That that's the main thing. It's all about the mindset. You know, we, we can have all the training and all the skills and, and, and all the tools, but again, it's the mindset. And, and, and one thing I've learned, too, is, you know, because we are leaders in our families and we are the people that they look to for guidance and protection and, and, and that authority uh, to kind of push the envelope to the next area or the next level where we're going to go, you know, people are looking at us. You know, our children are looking at us, our family. Uh, are looking at us. And, you know, they stem from what we do. Right. And so we have to have the right mentality. And we have to have the right words to even express our feelings and emotions on how things can go down, emergencies, disasters, you know, the crises at the border and how these things affect us. And if we're in chaos in our mind, and we're panicking, you know, what do you think they're going to be? So
0: exactly. Yeah. We're running around like the, you know, chicken little, the sky's falling and. Doom right. And gloom, and e- doom and gloom and everybody. You're going to get there pretty quick. And I think this is a, a good segue talking about the border crisis and about the mentality you have to have on it because this is very doom and gloom right now. It's very... I mean, they're calling it the border crisis. We're calling it the border crisis. Right. A- and I mentioned uh, earlier in the week, I don't know that if this is necessarily a bad thing. And it's really bugging me that people are not talking about how you could actually have a peaceful um breakup of the union like like if if this leads to civil war what they're saying you got 26 states wanting to do it one way i mean there there's legal and legal mechanisms to dissolve the union and it does not have to necessarily be a violent just like a violent breaking up of the union. And I don't hear anyone talking about that. I mean, we could still have our interstate commerce, we could still do business as usual, as the as the as America, if we really wanted to, I don't think that it has to be as revolutionary or as civil war ish, as people are making it out like it has to be. That's that's really bugging me lately.
1: Yeah, I think people have to recognize where they stand, and what they truly believe, when it comes to their rights, uh, their freedoms and the position they want to be with their family. You know this this Civil War war talk. Uh, you know it, it's been surfacing. It's been coming to light over the past few months, uh, especially the hype around this new movie that's about to come out, The Border. You know, and and the state of the nation. You know, mm-hmm. we have to recognize that. You know, this nation has a history. You know, and and and, and you know the, the base and the foundation is our freedoms and rights. And so you're gonna have people who disregard, you know, the constitution, disregard the Bill of Rights, disregard their own freedoms um, and their own personal views and how they see America continuing on. Um, And then you're gonna have the other side, people who believe in the constitution, people who believe in their first and second amendment rights, you know, people who believe that their freedom is most important and that if we don't have a secure border, we don't have freedoms, we don't have a nation. Um, because anything and everything can impact uh, the going and coming of the border. You know, people mm-hmm. get in that we have no idea who they are. Sleeper cells, people getting in. We don't know if they're doing drug trafficking. We don't know if they're doing human trafficking. You know, we know there's fentanyl being crossed. And, and, uh-huh. and we know, you know, all types. And we
0: don't know when you say we don't know, if, like we know those things are happening. We don't know if those individuals are the ones doing it. When you say we don't know, like we know the fentanyl is coming in. We know that there's human trafficking going on. It's just hard to distinguish like which one of these individuals is doing it. Because some of them are really just coming here for just regular work. But you're also seeing something weird that I don't ever remember seeing is like you said, the sleeper cells and the soldiers. I can't ever remember a time when you've seen... So many, and you know, I'm, I'm part Mexican, so I feel so comfortable saying that. I, I don't remember any other time where I don't see, didn't see just Mexicans coming across the border. You got like a whole tapestry of the world coming across now.
1: Yeah, I mean, w- when I say we, we we don't recognize as a federal government, CBP, uh, and 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 the law enforcement down there in Texas, uh, <laughs> state law enforcement, you know, they they cannot tell who is who in, individually, like there would normally be a record of who's coming to the border through uh, the access points. Right now, they can't calculate how many you know sleepers there are, how many people are doing what they're doing. Uh, and so we have to recognize, not just as individuals, but as a nation, that this is a danger to our own society. Uh, if, if we can't recognize who's who and putting the pieces together if we're letting people just walk through the border um, because they're coming to a city near you, you know, New York's feeling it. Chicago's feeling it. You know, every major city's feeling it.
0: Um, right. And that's, um, I don't know how much you've d- dug into like the local news, but I encourage people to do that. When you watch these local news reports of like the migrants being put in these hotels, that's a whole lot different than your little three minute clip on the national news Fox. You know what I mean? Like they're giving you a way bigger insight into it and um, you'll get a better understanding of how this is really impacting local communities and really uh, impacting the local citizens. Because I I was having a little bit of a um, a little bit of a hard time understanding. And this is a part of one of the questions I I I proposed to you is kind of what we're talking about. Is this the hill you'd want to die on? for our liberties and for our rights and stuff. Because to me, especially growing up in California, I'm very used to and Now I'm in Texas. I'm in East Texas. So I'm not seeing like a lot of the, the border impact. And I mm-hmm. really don't see a lot of migrants in my area versus where I lived at in California. But I got, you know, over two plus decades of growing up around a lot of illegal immigration. and I mean, for the most part, I mean, everybody was just, just trying to make a living and just trying to get by. They weren't doing nefarious stuff. But this feels and seems really different now um, than what it was. But I never at any point like thought like, hey, I want to die on the hill for my freedoms because the border's open. I just thought to myself that, you know, man, they, this really seems like a clerical problem. This seems like some, some court issues. There seems like they just need to figure out a way to make the le- this process for getting people nationalized and legalized a little smoother. Now I'm starting to transition into they're really probably putting my f- safety, my, my countrymen's safety and the country's safety at risk now.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, most people don't realize that this affects them indirectly. And until it hits them, you know, my my dealings in my profession uh, is dealing with emergencies. So until it impacts individuals in their community locally, it's not going to come across as a direct threat. And so once the impact on the border hits their town, their small community, their local city directly, then they'll have an awakening. Then they'll start Uh, gaining more information, then they'll start recognizing, okay, this is something that I have to be aware of. And it's impacting my school system. It's impacting the local pharmacies. It's impacting, you know, the, the, the water plants, it's impacting the housing market. You know, once it hits their local community, then they'll start recognizing how bad it is. But once it doesn't do that, you know, they're going to have this uh, idea that it's just a Texas problem. Or it's just a Florida problem, um, and and th- that's where you see, you know, the trucker convoy come in. You know, th- these people are recognizing, hey, this is hitting my my town, or it's a it's a threat coming towards me. So should I get ahead of it and go do something about it now, or wait for it? And I think that's one of the decisions that people are making.
0: Is to kind of stand up now. Now that that trucker convoy on the surface, I was really thinking that that might be a good thing uh, to bring attention to it. But then I was like, man, what more attention could you bring than 26 states uh, all signing a pledge to help Texas? Right. Right. So it feels it's, it's really kind of giving me some real January six vibes. Are you picking that up at all?
1: Uh, I think the 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 trucker convoy, I mean, people are always going to get together for what they believe. Uh, People are always going to uh, gather. uh, And and when it comes to the border, you know, people have to recognize, you know, what are they willing to fight for? Like you said, is this a hill they want to, you know, die on? And, you know, there will be people who will take that risk. Um, but, But as people in normal life, normal society, you know, do you have other obligations that will impact you if you decide to join something like that. If you decide to go out on your own conscious, you know, you have to think about your family, you know, if you have one, um, you have to think about, you know, your surroundings, you know, how, how are you going to get out of that situation if something does happen? Um, and will you move to that location to help, you know, long term? Is this a long term thing for you? Uh, so, you know, people have to recognize and in, in the, the 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 good things, the bad things about, you know, joining these type of Uh, convoys or uh, groups, you know, do you want to put yourself out there like that? And if you do, you know, know the risk, know the potentials uh, and know the signs, you know, that could directly impact you.
0: Right. Now, to me, it's like I try to evaluate who's putting out the call to action, especially in this post-January 6th world because they broke some people off with some major, major time in prison. So, like, who's putting out that call of action? You know, if Governor Abbott was saying, hey, I want the Texas citizens and anybody else in America who wants to help us secure the border. I would really have to start doing some evaluation at that point about, okay, I have these obligations at home, but my literal, my literal, the governor of my state is literally calling on Patriots to come help. Right. Right. To me, to me, that's where I was like, that's where I would have to really do some evaluation. But this guy who just pops up and he's calling it God's army wants you at the border. That just, that just, rubs me the wrong way. When you start trying to mix the religion and all that stuff into it, especially in this political uh, climate, when they're trying to not only um, paint patriots but Christians in such a bad light and and the truckers' convoy just isn't like, you know, truckers' convoy to secure the border. Uh, Truckers to to save America, it's God's army. It just
1: seems really, really weird to me. Yeah, people are going to have to use their discernment you know, and and be wise about the moves that you do make from here on out, because that will impact you greatly, you know, not just this year, but years to come. You know, you know, it, it it takes one photo, you know, it takes one recording. You know what I mean? You know, for, right. for, 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 for for you to get caught up in something that you didn't intentionally want to, but it just happened that way because you were in the wrong place at the wrong time. Or better so, yet, one
0: one cell phone ping. <clears throat> I mean, they're right. tracking people who were just in that D.C. area yeah. during that based on their cell phone data, which is yeah. very, very scary because if they could put you at that location, I mean, you could be just a normal trucker going through that area doing your work. And right. now and, your cell phone's, and... phone's ding along that whole way. You could, be, you could have been just traveling for business purposes and you hear a story about people who were just traveling for their regular job on January 6th, but their cell phone data put them in the mix.
1: Right. And or connecting you to people who are there. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that has an impact on you as well. You know, you may have not been in the building, but you were across the street, but you knew him. And so they're looking at you like, did you know something beforehand? You know, so. Right. If you were a a
0: co-conspirator to it.
1: Right. Right. So, so all that comes up and people have to, I would say our tribe, our Mm tribe, because we're all part of the same tribe. We have to realize that, There are major cautions when it comes to the next couple of months. And just be wise, use discernment, have wisdom about you and your family's direction and where you guys see yourself and what side you guys see yourself on. You know, my my best advice, you know, stay low key as possible. Stay as low key as possible. Always know what's happening in your local community. In your state and then outside of your state in your nation, but you want to gain as much information as possible, as much communication as possible, and build something with like-minded people in your local community.
0: Yeah, like-minded people that you that you preferably probably known for a while too. I think right. you're gonna see, I think you're gonna see a lot of people. Um, I'm old enough to remember kind of like the militias popping up in the the late nineties. 80s-ish era. Right. And, you know, there was some, there, it ended up, you know, when all the dust settled and it's reviewed later that a lot of those people who were um, kind of champion, championing those those uh, militias were, were federal agents, right. just trying to get people wrapped up in their web. And I think you're going to see more and more of that. And that's uh, like, if you put the backdrop of January 6th and you put the backdrop of, of, of who's calling for this trucker convoy, to me, what better way to start getting people in trouble ahead of time versus yeah. post-election, the election was super wonky, we all have a lot of choices to, to make going forward, but For they got sure. a lot of people who, they get a lot of people who really cared about it in trouble well before the election even happens, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, if, if this if this continues with, with the divide of, of Texas and and the 25 states jumping in, you know, and if you live in one of these states that aren't. Uh, directly supporting uh, the border, uh, you know, you, you will have to decide what your next move is going to be, literally what your next move is going to be, because you might be in a state that is not, you know, on the side of protecting our borders, and they do a lockdown on the state, and there you go, you know, you have yourself in a situation. Um, so you, you're you're going to have to decide, you know, whether you're going to stay in that state, or you're going to move, you know, to... Another state with your family. Yeah, if you're
0: going to end up, if you're going to be a refugee in your own country, right? Exactly. That that's what uh, like you said, like lock down the states. When when you talk about like where the potential of this could happen and what would it look like, you might have it be where the states are not letting you travel from state to state. They're not letting you cross state lines. Lots of state troopers there, right? uh, Other enforcements. I mean, this, believe it or not, like I mean, people. I think most people listening to this podcast. I don't think we got any anyone three or four years old but everybody was alive during covid and i don't know if you remember but i remember because i'm an hour away from the louisiana border there was a point where they weren't they were trying to lock down the borders right and they were trying to restrict the travel unless you were uh man what do they call those people like you couldn't they didn't want you traveling unless you um uh, you were an essential worker You had like a reason, a reason to travel. Right. Right. My buddies in California where they were at. um, And this is how it was told to me. Maybe other people's experiences were different because I've I've heard different versions of it. But they had to have proof that they were working if they got pulled over and that their travel was essential travel. Yeah. Give me your papers. I mean, we might. And, And how fast did that happen in 2020? I mean, it was it was boom overnight. They, they declared the lockdown and next thing you know you're not supposed to be traveling unless you got the government's permission so to think that that couldn't happen for what they'll call i believe like a constitutional crisis and then lock down the borders and now you're trapped behind enemy lines or you like however you can see you could be on the side of the states that didn't sign up and now you're stuck in this red state right exactly. i mean we right. all from our mentality i think we think that like oh i don't want to be stuck over in california but i mean there, you might have people who just also don't want to be stuck here. And I think, um, you know, I have some some friends and family members who are not here legally, right? right. And I, I think that they should be really thinking about if these states aggressively start going after people, how do I prepare for that? There's, there's so many things, and this is going to impact so many people, and it can happen so fast.
1: Oh, yeah, it, it, it can happen within, you know, a matter of weeks or a matter of months, especially around mm-hmm. the election time. You know, this is this is a time where emotions are very high and people are willing to do anything for what they believe and want to progress, you know, their mission or their thoughts. Um, so, you know, when it comes down to basic, you know, preparedness, you know, that that's the circle that we're in, you know, again, think about your family, make a plan, make a communication plan. You know, if you're a family that travels or has to commute to work and the kids are at school, make a communication plan. Make a, a travel plan. Everybody knows where to go, where to link up. You know, know the, the different routes in your town. You know, know your your area. Uh, the, the best thing you can do is get a actual paper map uh, of your state or your county uh, and, and, and kind of plan that way. Have a sit down, you know, w- with the adults in your family and just plan out the routes. If this street is closed, you know, we're gonna take this area. You know, if we can't get through there, we're gonna go there. Um, and, and also, like you said, you know, be involved in, in your local community with like-minded people, uh, and everyone, uh, should have a skill. Everyone should be learning to do something new. Either that's gardening, uh, security, first aid, uh, h- how to, how to preserve food. Um, and, and main thing, be aware of your surroundings, always be mm-hmm. aware of your surroundings wherever you go, whether that, that's at work, picking the kids up from the. Did, did
0: I lose you? All right, welcome back. Sorry about that, guys. A, a little drop in it. You were talking about having a, a good travel plan and know the routes.
1: Yeah, uh, basically, you know, where, where we left off, you know, have a good, you know, communication plan, um, a good travel plan for your family. Uh, know, you know, your secondary locations, you know, for everybody can meet up. You know, if a road's blocked, you know, map that out o- on a map, a paper map, uh, preferably. Um, have a, you know, a community plan as well, you know, with like-minded people. You know, that, that that's the main thing, you know, have resources around you uh, and, and everyone should have a skill. You know, everybody should learn something about first aid, learn something about gardening, uh, learn about, you know, something uh, that, that can extend, you know, your resources and have you ready uh, for the mission within your local community. Uh, and yeah, and I aware. think
0: I think that, um, you know, you said gardening, and then you said the food preservation too. I think if we're going to have, you know, kind of what we're talking about, this border crisis and a, a possible civil war, there is some areas that, I mean, they, they talk about them now in good times that are called food deserts, where people oh, have it's... very limited resources and access to food. So now let's say you live somewhere where you don't have a lot of food that's sourced locally. And that might be another good thing to when we say get involved in your community is find out where your local farmers' markets are. Find out who the pro- the producers are. Who are these people in your community, in your area who are producing food, who are providing these services to you on a local level because right. you might not be getting your shipments to your store based on where you live. I mean, if you live in one of these like border, border states and you're in you get a lot of stuff that comes from out of state or i mean i know texas exports a lot of cattle california exports a lot of cattle i don't know the particulars and in and outs about like um how much food i get in my area that really isn't from my area but if all of a sudden i'm not able to get you know the the roads are stopped and people have to show their papers just to commute i mean you might be in a food crisis that's due to the border crisis really quick and if you don't have the skills to preserve or you don't know the network of people to go get food from who that's their local business you're going to be really really screwed pretty fast
1: yeah that, that that's another point you know if you have a local farm local farmers within your area and they produce certain things uh whether that be from jam to chickens uh to to cattle you know get friendly with those people you know, visit, you know, their stands often support them, you know, know their names, you know, because those are the people that are going to be growing the food, going to be dealing with the cattle and the sheep and the chickens, you know, do that and, and, and support our local farms as well.
0: And a lot of those people, like I've kind of struck up a, a casual friendship with uh, this guy who produces local honey. Right. And, one of the things that I really realize is how much we have in common, because if you're in that type of industry where you're producing food for people, you're, you're being self-reliant in many ways, you're going to share a lot of core values and beliefs with these people. And they're going to want to help you when they know you. And it's going to, you know, they, from what I've noticed, too, with a couple other local people, I mean, they're trying to seek out and they really want to positively um, impact their community. And they're right. looking for people who they want to interact with and who they would love to have help with. Um, I've I've been offered to go on a couple of um, a couple of places and help out with um, the animals and stuff. And yeah. I dropped the ball. I didn't take those opportunities um, when I should have.
1: Yeah, the the farm is the great one of the great, greatest places to learn, you know. Self skills and survival skills. You know, j- just going back to the old ways of doing things, um, and and just helping out. You know, being a helping hand. You know, learning something from these people, uh, because those are skills that are mostly lost. You know, we, we we are we are directly affected by our grocery stores. We're directly affected by the truckers who bring the goods to the stores, and people don't realize where their food comes from. Right. And and
0: that's a great point. Directly affected by the truckers. So all the truckers are at the border protesting who's moving the food. Right. 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 So this could change people. I don't think, uh, you know, I just made that link in my head right now because you said it and I should have thought about that a long time ago. But we could very quickly have a whole lot of stuff just stop when people are upset and exactly. people don't wanna work and they don't feel like they're heard. I mean, it could just bring so many things to a halt. So is there is there anything in your um, your direct preparedness that this border issue is making you take a better look at?
1: Uh, really just looking at the type of people that are in my local community, you know, who who's moving in, you know, who who's coming to work in, in my local community or my local county. You know, what, what kind of traffic uh, is going in and out? Is there a high traffic area, you know, that I should be worried about? You know, is there is there something that I should be be worried about with as far as goods are concerned at grocery stores? You know, is there something that's being brought uh, more often than, than none? Uh, so there's multiple aspects to this. It's going to be and it's going to impact your local uh, effort and trying to figure out, you know, what is the situation there, you know what's going to happen. What's my plan? Um, so for me, you know, I'm looking at all aspects. You know, making sure I have enough food, I have enough water, making sure you know we're we're good on security, making sure you know that I have a local community. You know that 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 we can, you know, help each other during times mm-hmm. of crisis, um, and that that's going to be you know my main focus now you said paying attention
0: to to who's coming in and out of your community and i've struggled with this and i've had a conversation with someone about this recently um i know you're a christian um, and and you know we're supposed to be charitable and love our neighbor i think regardless of what their nationality or their immigration status is i really truly believe that but i think it gets a little wonky and weird when uh you have somebody who uh, this is my personal situation they were complaining very adamantly and very passionately in a semi-racist way about the border crisis while hiring illegal migrant workers right and it just it just blew my mind i'm like why would you help this problem out but i don't want to like you know i'm not going to go around being mean to someone because they're they're here illegally or doing anything to harm them but i don't know that i would hire them either you know what i mean it's like we're kind of so many people are hypocrites in this. there's are border crisis, but oh man, I need this cheap labor to come help me help me with my deck. You know, it's just it's just yeah. so weird
1: to me. Yeah, I mean, you you, you have people who who can separate the, the the business from their personal views, right? The economy from their personal finances. Uh, mm-hmm. So you know, we're go, we're gonna see a lot more of that. um People, you know, who who are indirectly supporting and have a different view on it you know so i think that that's common in in our states here
0: yeah it's just so weird to me i feel like i i don't know there has to be some more different balancing act. because i mean would you go to a place that just didn't have any jobs right i mean like what better way to solve it like they're saying oh we the people need to stand up well stop hiring illegal workers they're probably not going to come here if they can't find any sort of work at all like that that's like that's to me like where the we the people could come in handy. You not we don't need to send convoys to the border. We could just kind of do like, a, you know, it's, it's essentially blackballing people. But I mean, are you really blackballing them if they're here illegally and you really shouldn't be hiring them anyways?
1: Yeah, I mean, we, we have to focus on an American first agenda. You know, we have to hire our own people. We have to hire our own children, you know, because there's not going to be jobs for them. You know mm-hmm. that we see the tech industry is becoming a disaster that they're they're laying off people left and right in, in the tech industry. you know the, these major companies are laying off people left and right. So we have to be progressive. We have to see the future and say, okay, where are the jobs going? And how are our kids, their kids, you know, the generations to come after us, how are they going to survive, especially with the economy doing what it's doing? you know the the potential war domestically and internationally uh, so, It has to be America first.
0: Yeah, I I agree with that. And I think you really have to mean it when you say that and take, 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 take heed to what you do and how, like you said, like how you're impacting it on a micro level. Or are you, are you helping facilitate these, these larger national crises? Now that's, uh, is there anything else you want to get in on the border? You think we covered it pretty good?
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, again, people should be aware of what's going on know the situation, you know, start following other, you know, states, seeing what they're doing. Definitely follow Texas, see what the governor, Governor Abbott's doing down there. Um, And just be aware, just be aware what's going on.
0: Right. And I I like what you said about like, follow other states and think about like, maybe you have to relocate. If you're in one of these, uh, one of the 26 states that, that, you don't agree that they they should help texas or you you're proud of them that they do i think everybody should be thinking about where they want to move and i think that'll really give us more power back to the people when when you make that move like i made the move from california to texas and that was uh going on eight years ago now mm-hmm. and it really you know i did a lot of stuff politically i did a lot of stuff locally to try to like not have to move and leave my state but it just came to a point where i need to be somewhere that is more aligned with my values because I'm fighting the uh, i'm fighting the losing battle here and and it's not going to change i'm just flat out outnumbered you know and i think uh i think the free market of ideas will start to speak for itself when Uh, Instead of staying behind enemy lines, everybody just vulcanizes in a way at states that align with their values. And you you kind of will be providing other safe havens for um, your fellow countrymen because the redder of state is, you know, and the bluer state is it's going to kind of – you already see it when there's huge discrepancies in the way these problems are handled, when there's huge discrepancies in the way that the economy works in those each states. Right. Uh, I, I believe eventually the market will speak for itself, and I don't think people are so dumb that they won't be able to see it. If, yeah, if pe- that makes pe- sense. Pe-
1: people are going to be forced into situations that they don't want to be in, and they're going to mm-hmm. have to make hard choices in the end. So we'll, we'll just have to keep a watchful eye.
0: I agree. Now, one thing uh, before we get off, I want to talk about this because I thought this was really cool. And I and I apologize for not catching it earlier because I definitely would have been hyping it up is uh, Micah's Adventures. Can you tell me a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, Micah's uh, Adventures is my one year old son. Uh, you know as as a kid, you know I was always into you know preparedness and 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 trying to stock water and and into firefighting. Uh, so this book uh, is kind of dedicated to him um, and kind of, you know, a, a double meaning for me as a little kid uh, of getting into preparedness young, you know and 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 having parents read their kids about preparedness, about you know, checking fire alarms, about stocking up food and water you know, about making sure, you know, they have an emergency bag. So that's what this children's book is. And I really just wanted to dedicate it uh, towards, you know, preparedness and the preparedness community uh, for a book that, you know, us who are prepared, uh, who do look at disasters and emergencies, you know, we can share something, you know, with our kids. Uh, So this was my little contribution uh, to that. And it'll be out and available uh, February 1st on Amazon and on uh, Kindle.
0: Nice. And now are you going to have, is it just going to be digital copies or is there going to be physical copies as well?
1: Yeah, there's going to be both uh, on digital uh, Amazon Kindle, and then you can order one uh, physical copy paperback uh, on amazon.com.
0: I love that. I'm looking forward to that. I'm definitely going to buy, definitely buy a copy, definitely promote that. I think that um, as the preparedness mentality uh, grows in the country there's not a lot of resources for children out there right so to have something that you could um, introduce to them in that type of way um, is, is going to be a valuable tool and I, I really hope that you reach out to homeschool communities and stuff like that and talk to them about your book because I'm, I'm sure it'll be pretty well received but that could be a great re- resource for homeschooling parents who need activities to do and, and ways to talk about preparedness and help uh, kids develop skills.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, hopefully this is uh, the, the beginning of something great that we can uh, give to uh, the community and and, and kids. Um, but, yeah, I'm just thankful that I'm able to, to do it and uh, that my son is able to you know participate in something with me like this. So it's a cool. Right. Is he
0: pretty excited about it? So he knows it's all going on.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, he's, he, he helped me, you know, with the pictures and all that. So so he's, he's very excited.
0: That's pretty cool, man. As a father of three kids, I wish I could have done something like that with them. So that's very special that that yeah. you got to do that with them. That is very
1: cool. Yeah, yeah, man. So, I mean, I, I thank you for having me on and 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 having this conversation because, you know, what you're doing on your side, you know, people definitely need that, that contact and that community um, and w- with the group you're doing, you know, on your channels. Um, so I, I appreciate everything that you're doing on your side. And uh, thank you for having me on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love just sitting down and talking to like-minded people and and we're able to bounce um, ideas off each other because you just, even in this conversation, I got some fresh stuff in my head. I hope that everybody listening to this conversation, you got some good takeaways from it. So until next time, I appreciate it. Again, I apologize for getting sick on you and having to cancel, but I really appreciate you making making yourself available for me.
1: Yes, sir. Appreciate it, man. All right, brother. Bye-bye. All right.